0: Welcome to We Got This Covered's Cinemaholics, the weekly movie review talk show where critics and fans finally unite to discuss the biggest and best films coming to theaters. We're not just
1: fans. We're not just critics. We're Cinemaholics. Welcome once again to Holic's, the official podcast of wegotdiscover.com. I'm Don Negroni from the Internet, California, and hanging on to the Batmobile, screaming my man, before puncturing a parademon, it's Will Ashton.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. It's the most take it down to notch emotion he's it's, ever uh,
1: shown. <laughs> it's Justice League.
0: I had to get in character. That's Aquaman. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, hey, also, uh, you know, windexing the bat signal per J.K. Simmons orders oh because, hey, someone's <laughs> got to do it. It's Soundmaster Maverick Hines.
2: I hate you. I hate you so much.
1: <laughs> uh, we have a special guest boarding up his house to prevent an invasion from said demons somewhere in vaguely Russia. It's special guest Craig Hanks from the Legendarian podcast.
3: Uh, 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 Dostoevsky. <laughs> Craig, uh, welcome to Cinemaholics. Uh, this is your debut. Thanks, man. Uh, it is. I'm super excited. I, I had you on my podcast, and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, unfortunately, that meant I had to come here, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, oh. that's how it works.
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, tell everybody about the Legendarian podcast, for like the three people uh, who don't know, because it's,
0: you know. Uh, uh, well, I don't know. Um,
3: the Legendary podcast is the world's nerdiest book club podcast. Uh, we do fantasy and sci-fi lit, and uh, right now we are in the process of wrapping up the Wheel of Time, all friggin' 14 books of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that'll that'll end next month and we just we just read uh, brandon sanderson's new novel i was gonna ask was when was are intense. you guys gonna do oathbringer uh we already did a spoiler free review so you can go check that out awesome. uh but then in a month or two when everybody's kind of had a chance to catch up we'll we'll do our deep dive into it and be all spoilerific and everything
1: Gonna be awesome! It's a great show. Uh, be sure, CinemaHolics, to check it out and become a bookaholic, or I'm sure novaholic, or something like that works better.
3: I, well, or just an alcoholic. I'll tell you, it, it's. I've been <laughs> prepping for this episode. It's like 10 a.m. and I've been drinking heavily for about 90 minutes. Oh wow! So you heard it you're in your first. Craig Hanks just yeah.
1: encouraging people to you know, oh, just be an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, day drinking is where it's at. He gets it. Yeah. Everybody, we have. Uh, A highly anticipated episode. This is our Justice League review, hot off the trail of uh, Thor Ragnarok just a couple of weeks ago and Wonder Woman back in uh, June now. And so we're reviewing Justice League, the latest DC Expanded Universe film, and uh, we're going to get to that in a moment. But while I have you guys here, and oh, I should also say, we have mini-reviews coming up later in the show. We are going to talk about The Punisher, Season 1 on Netflix. Uh, we're going to talk briefly about Coco. Next week, we're going to have a full review for that movie, uh, Pixar's latest. And we're going to try to get to a few more. Uh, Last Flag Flying, Darkest Hour, Wonder. We'll see what happens. There's a lot to get to. Um, but yeah, before we get into our Justice League stuff, because um, I know you guys are just itching to, uh, to, to talk about Justice League... Let's let's talk about the DC EU, as I like to call it, in memoriam, Craig. You're our guest. I want to know where are you at because before we talk about Justice League, I want to know where you're at with the DC movies. We had Man of Steel in 2013, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice uh, just last year, followed up by Suicide Squad, and then Wonder Woman. Uh, where where are you at?
3: Oh boy, uh, thanks for coming to me first so that I can be the uh, the one that everybody pounds on for my uh, unpopular views. Uh, but okay so here's where I'm at Man of Steel not that bad The uh, I know a lot of people had Problems with Zack Snyder's vision And that's fine you know there's no accounting For taste and all that but I was fine <laughs> With it the last 30 minutes Sucked but uh, for the most Part I was fine with the movie Batman V Superman just sucked period End of story Suicide Squad ditto Wonder Woman uh, Here's my thought on Wonder Woman You can have a really really Good movie that's overrated and in my mind, that's Wonder Woman. Hmm. Um, it, I I really, really liked it, but I do think that it got a bit overhyped for one reason or another. Uh, and then Justice League is easily the most middle of the road so far. Um, I, I don't think it's terribly worthy of either uh, adoration or derision, personally. Okay. You're already getting into but, Justice uh,
1: League, but we've uh, got to yeah. slow our roll.
3: Yeah, don't worry. I, yeah, we'll get there. I'm I'm not going to go on mm-hmm. right now, but that's so I guess I here's what I like about uh, the DCEU. At least they brought on somebody with vision. Um, uh, un- Unfortunately, not the Marvel superhero, because then they'd be good movies. But even if you don't like Zack Snyder, at least he has a vision and it doesn't uh, or at least it hasn't always come off as uh purely corporate filmmaking um again we we may get into that point again when we really dive into uh, uh into Justice League but you know you, you look at Man of Steel and it has uh it has Zack Snyder's handprints or fingerprints all over it and I really like that cuz in a world of um and now I should put on my trailer voice in a world uh of really bland corporate filmmaking at least he has uh some sort of artistic vision does that make sense it makes perfect sense i think at least
1: i don't know Maver- maverick yeah. doesn't <laughs> seem as convinced
2: what? you're just saying that <laughs> <laughs> you just had this look on your face i was like, yawning Jeez.
1: Oh. <laughs> i sure i agree i don't know <laughs> yeah well you've only maverick you've only seen man of steel and wonder woman now and now justice league yeah those are my And now justice favorite. league so
2: which one am i missing just batman vs D- superman
1: BVS and
2: Suicide Squad. Oh, Suicide Squad. I, I feel like I kind of got lucky because it seems like the two I missed were the ones that had the most strong opinions about them. Yeah, actually. <laughs> so maybe I'm like saved from... So I don't think it did anything because I still don't really like
1: well, I literally said like, just don't even watch those movies. I yeah. Mean, you don't have to.
2: Yeah, I don't really want to anyway. I, I really enjoyed Wonder Woman. I like that. That was like an experience for me, but I don't know if I'm being objective in that
1: regard. We can go back to the tape because we have our, our Wonder Woman episode.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Did I give it a B? B plus? I don't remember what
0: I he gave it. You gave it was, a B plus. Yeah. yeah. I did.
1: It was somewhere. So I, I liked it. It was
2: really um, enjoyable for me. Uh, Man of Steel, I couldn't tell you a thing that happened
1: in that movie. I was going to say, yeah, I don't think you were. You said you recalled it much.
2: Yeah, I mean, and I think that has more to do with the fact that I just, I don't... It wasn't terrible, but I don't think it was fantastic by any means. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't love it. So I've kind of limited experience with this cinematic universe as, as far, and... Only one movie that I've really enjoyed, so I guess that speaks
1: volumes for itself right there. <laughs> you're, you're the closest we have to a casual moviegoer on this, in this respect, so going to be uh, interesting to hear what you have to say about Justice. I already know what you think. But yeah, we, yeah we I don't think I've that. stopped saying it since we saw the movie. <laughs> yeah. um,
2: well, in know, fact, for, actually, hold on, sorry. Yeah, I know I'm not going to talk about Justice League yet, but I think it's funny because normally... When we, you know, watch a movie or whatever, I usually like, talk about it with John, and then I wait for the podcast and do our thing. Like I've been so passionate about Justice League, I'm like yelling at people who I'm friends with,
1: mm. <laughs> and, like talking about it. Oh yeah, we have a we have a mutual friend who just don't
2: say his name, don't
1: give him that because he'll be proud of it. That. That's what he wants, is not yeah, it? he does. He just wants to be name drops. Okay, yes,
2: he doesn't listen anyway, so
1: it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, we'll say his name is Martha. Yeah, it was close. Hmm. Martha Martha has terrible opinions about movies sometimes.
0: Um, okay, for me, I think it is don't say his name uh, Yeah, I'm don't not, do it. I, I can't even remember his name To be honest, well it doesn't matter
1: then we we'll we'll can't we'll confirm we'll chat in the secret it cinemaholics chat okay yeah the slack yeah. we never
3: use so something bye tells bye me man. i'm not going to be invited to that one uh, <laughs> you already I'm are
2: i sad. sent your invite
1: right now
3: oh wow <laughs> yeah
0: it'll
1: be a ghost town um i i brought this up when we talked when we did wonder woman the wonder woman episode i watched man of steel so ready to love it i remember it was you know, 2013 and, you know, Dark Knight Rises had come out a year before that. And I was just ready. I was ready for a Zack Snyder, you know, vision to to carry on. Because Christopher Nolan, you know, people forget he was, I think he was executive producer on that movie. And it just had this look and feel of like, oh, it's going to be Dark Knight, but with Superman. How could that go wrong? And I was just so bored by it. Like, I I remember in the theater just being like, this isn't great. This is just sort of there. Um, I fell asleep at one point during the slugfest that is the latter half of the second act, and I just wasn't very impressed with it. I do agree that it has a very specific vision, but I also think that vision apes a lot of Snyder's other movies and a lot of Nolan's other movies. Like this whole like superheroes are awful theme that he brought up in Watchmen, the the slow mo cinematography of Three Hundred, the like logical inconsistency of Sucker Punch. And just the weird dialogue of the Guardians Owl movie, and I, I never felt like Man of Steel was like its own thing, um, and that's probably why I didn't love it as much. Uh, I wasn't as big too on like the Superman killing thing, like the way that they did that just was like I don't know. And then they they tried to fix those mistakes in later movies, and like this is a franchise that like always is trying to fix what came before. It, it is it is the most comic booky. Uh, movie in that sense, right? Where every new issue is like, oh, we're retconning or we're, you know, oh yeah, the, the collateral damage of Man and Steel was intentional all along, you know, like we remember the, those types of comic book events back in the early days, right? Uh, but yeah, you guys know, I, I t- already talked about all this. I hate Batman versus Superman, but at the same time, as much as that movie made me physically angry and made me want to just leave the theater constantly, to me, it's the most, it's probably the most rewatchable of these movies,
3: like I'm including w- Wonder Woman, yeah,
1: Wonder Woman. I don't know really. If, I feel I would rewatch one scene in Wonder Woman, and that's the No Man's Land. That's about it. I I would go back, and I would actually. It's endearingly bad, Batman versus Superman. Like I'm I'm, I'm it's like the almost in the room territory for me. I know Will's not going to agree, but I'm fascinated by how pretentious that movie is. And I would I I have rewatched it. We watched the Ultimate Edition. And it was hard to get through, but I I gotta say I just. There's something about it. It's like I want to. I want to hate it, but it's like my, the thin line between love and hate, right?
3: Um, Wait, can I let me throw something in here because uh, I, I think I agree with you, but um, maybe I'll just come at it from a different angle. And that's that. At least they tried something. Yeah. Um, they they tried to do something. One of the things about Marvel movies for me, as long as you don't mind a little comparison, is that they're all good and very very few of them uh, drift into great territory and that's mm-hmm. uh, but also very few of them drift into bad territory and that's because they always play it safe they rarely try to say much of anything because they don't want to alienate anybody i think um that's uh, pretty batman fair v say, superman yeah. and at most of the dcu doesn't quite fit that mold they at least try to do something now usually they fail mm-hmm. uh but I, I was thinking about this with, um, it, it, I, I, pardon the tangent, you guys, but last year, did you see The Lobster with Colin Farrell? Oh, did yep. we watch The Lobster? We still talk about it sometimes. Okay. Yeah, John right. and I, we bring it up a good bit. I, I think about that movie every once in a while because I hated every last second that I was watching that movie. I hated everything about it, but I still talk about it. I still think about it. I really loved that I saw it. Uh, because it elicited some sort of reaction from me so when I came out of like like Thor just a couple of weeks ago Mm -hmm. uh, is a great example or most of the Marvel movies I come out of it and go yeah that was fun and then three weeks later I've forgotten most of it Uh, but with the DCEU movies whether I loved them like Wonder Woman or I hated them like Batman v Superman I remember them uh, if that makes sense so i I really yeah. appreciate that yeah. at least I wouldn't go that far with Wonder Woman,
1: but I do remember BBS sure or well, I definitely wouldn't say that about suicide squad
3: well that's true suicide squad is kind of an aberration
1: hmm. <laughs> <laughs> by design yeah i think Maybe. i think I'm really agreeing with you on some stuff here uh i there's just something about these movies they, they they're 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 bad but like they're they, they do have ambition They do go for something. I think, uh, and we talked about it's fine to compare to Marvel because that is the standard to which the DCEU has been measuring themselves. And as much as I I really enjoy the Marvel films, we talked about this with Thor Ragnarok a couple weeks ago. I think that they're almost just designed for opening weekend pleasures, not for true film analysis and like recollection. And a few of them do, like, transcend that. I mean, Guard- I would say Guardians of the Galaxy and, you know, Captain America Winter Soldier are two of the big highlights there of just Marvel movies that are just, they they, they do stumble into that great territory, and the Avengers. Uh, but yeah, let, uh, Suicide Squad, we don't even have to get into detail on that one. It's such a blip, doesn't really contribute anything to Justice League here. And uh, you guys know what I think about Wonder Woman. What about you, Lash? What is your in-memoriam for the DCEU?
0: Okay, so I haven't really made it a secret that when I saw Man of Steel, I really liked it. I mean, I found it to be like a very transcending experience. Now, I understand where some people are coming from. I can understand some complaints about where they took the character of Superman. I can understand uh, what people didn't really enjoy about the tone and some of the clunky dialogue. Uh, And I've only seen the film once, so I I made a ranking of the films and I put it at number one. Some people uh, asked me about it and the truth of the matter is I've only seen it that one time and I had that experience with it. And so that's my only real point of comparison at this point. Uh, But I no, I mean, I really agree with what uh, you're saying, Craig, because um, I don't know. I just feel like that movie, even for all its faults, and I'm going to say the same about. Batman v Superman, because that's a movie I do like, despite the fact that I agree, John, that is a little pretentious and a little uh, over eager for its own good. Um, I do think that those movies are, you know, challenging, controversial films, and I think about them a lot. And the Marvel films, I mean, even the ones I like a good bit, like Spider-Man recently or, you know, Iron Man, I don't really think about them that much. They're just kind of there. They're fun entertainment, and I enjoy them at the time, but they just, they're like, you know, fast food entertainment. You just you get what you want, they're mm-hmm. well packaged, and that's it. You just go home and that's it. So I don't know. I just like I feel like Batman V Superman is gonna be a movie I'm gonna be thinking about and talking about for another couple of years at least. I feel like it's a movie that's really provoking conversation, whether whether or not it's a good conversation or bad conversation, whatever. It's a movie that is to me really fascinating. Uh I can so can I interject yeah, and just yeah.
1: say that I think the big difference here is because I, I think we're, we're agreeing, but I would say the Marvel movies individually, that's true. It, I don't usually pick them one by one and say this one Marvel movie, whatever. I think, though, I will be talking about the Marvel movies as a whole sure. for years to yeah. come. I think they're so episodic and they're so, like, if you look at them just as this stream of episodes and adventures, I do think that that is like the part of, that's what makes them unique, that's what makes them artful in their own way. But that's all I want to say.
0: No, I mean, the grand vision of Marvel should not be undermined. I totally agree with that. I mean, Kevin Feige pulled off an incredible feat. And that is, I mean, that's something that is trying to be mimicked by Hollywood to lesser extents for the most part. And I mean, it's really like the, I mean, we've seen like, you know, like uh, movies have, you know, like spinoffs and collaborations like that, but nothing of this huge monumental extent. And, I mean, that is groundbreaking, but at the same time, I just find, you know, even the movies from Marvel recently I like, like, you know, Thor Ragnarok I enjoyed, but I also find it kind of boring. Like, it's just, it's just fine for what it is at this point, but I don't really find myself, besides, like, Black Panther, really excited for most of the movies coming out by the MCU. Whereas, like, with the um, DCU, there are a lot of movies that are coming out, I mean, assuming they're still coming out at this point, that I find myself generally pretty excited for. I think there's a lot of potential here. But we'll talk hmm. about that later. Anyway, I can't say uh, I'm
1: excited about really any of them except for the uh, either the Gotham City Sirens or the Birds of Prey thing that they have planned, okay. like the Batgirl movies. Those sound like great, but I, c- I gotta say, I'm not excited about Aquaman or Flash at this What about point. Wonder Woman 2? Oh, I guess.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I don't but know we'll talk one. about that in a bit. That's a later point discussion. And Suicide Squad, I just did not like that film at all because, in my opinion, the reason why that movie does not work is because that was a film that probably had a vision at some point, but the studio completely came in, chopped it all up, mismangled it, and it's just an abomination. I feel like at this point, point. <laughs> and I fear here, find here. That, I find that really frustrating, and I just I despise what that movie represents.
1: I like it a little bit better than yeah, I think you, you yeah, guys I know. do. I mean, <laughs> I, I I don't think it's a good movie, but I think it's I I think it has had its moments, but. Well, without further ado, let's let's talk about Justice League. Oh, That's and I like Man, but That's what guys, we're here for. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we have it on tape. Um, can't run away. So, uh, Justice I? I like League. Um, this, this film, two hours long, uh, very short, a lot shorter than uh, they were anticipating. It was originally going to be uh, a two-parter. They were going to oh, have really? part one of this year. Yeah, and they were going to do a part two in 2018. And, uh, yeah, plans changed.
0: So... I guess it would have been like kind of like a Deathly Hollows kind of thing, where it's like a setup. And then yeah. Like a so
1: clan. yeah. So like the main villain in this one is Steppenwolf, and yeah. uh, the main idea was that Dark Side would be coming in for the the big team up, right? Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, that's how they were planning it, and then they just realized, oh no! And Marvel did the same thing where they decided to make Infinity War its own thing, and then Infinity mm-hmm. Gauntlet to get away from the part one, part two, because right. that just irks moviegoers on a, in a, a, kind of on a symbolic level, since uh, the Hunger Games and Harry yeah, Potter did just- all that.
0: I understand where they're coming from, just because when you see part one, part f- part two, it just feels like you're seeing half a film. Yeah, which exactly. isn't necessarily wrong, but I mean, I can see where hey, it was.
3: Going. It was pulled off once by Quentin Tarantino. Ah, yeah, that's that well, I mean, correct. *Deadly Hollows* pulled it off, I think, but, but *Kill* yeah. *Kill um, Bill*
1: really stood on its own. That volume right. one, you know, like it was so it wasn't like it was leading up. It was leading up to something, but like there was catharsis and there were satisfying like ends to story arcs in the first *Kill Bill*. Mm -hmm. So it felt more like a sequel, the next one, than a finishing. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah. I still want to see. That's
3: that's my new name.
1: (laughs) I know. We bring up books, and then you went straight for Tarantino. I'm surprised.
3: Yeah, well, what can I say?
1: Well, uh, Justice League is directed uh, by Zack Snyder. Uh, A lot of writers. A lot of writers on this film. Um, And we should say... uh, so the, the production of justice league could be an episode on its own, but right. uh, <laughs> just to get through this, uh, Chris Terrio and Joss Whedon are the main screenwriters on this film. And Joss Whedon took over, uh, directing duties after Zack Snyder had to step off, uh, due to a family, uh, trauma, um, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And yeah, very, very sad what happened with, uh, insider's family. So Joss Whedon took over and they did a lot of reshoots, uh, a lot of, uh, you, you, And you can tell, you can tell they kind of went back and they, th- this film was being like done. I think the photography, uh, principal photography and a lot of like, a lot of set design, a lot of, a lot of the production work was in the middle of things when they were, when Batman vs Superman came out and then they kind of went back in and they're like, okay, we need to, to change course in a few key areas here. And, uh, so that's, that's where we're at now. Justice league. And it, they pushed the movie back for that reason. So uh, here's the IMDb synopsis, Uh, fueled by his restored faith in humanity and inspired by Superman's selfless act, Bruce Wayne enlists the help of his newfound ally, Diana Prince, to face an even greater enemy. So spoilers for Batman v. Superman. Superman dies in, uh, in two movies ago, or three movies ago, I should say. Uh, the movie stars Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, uh, Amy Adams, Gal Gadot, Ezra Miller, Jason Momoa, Ray Fisher, Jeremy Irons, Diane Lane, J.K. Simmons, and uh, Saren Hines. Uh, oh, and sorry, Amber Heard and Joe Morton. Yeah. <laughs> gotta gotta get in those, uh, those extra characters there. So starting with you, uh, Will Ashton, okay. what did you think of Justice League?
0: Uh, I'm just going to cut to the chase. I find this movie really frustrating. Um, just because I am somebody who was giving the DCEU the benefit of the doubt. I am someone who, you know, for the most part championed them. I mean, I understand that they were in a rough spot. They keep getting like compared to the MCU. They keep playing second fiddle, but I wanted to see what they were going to do with this. I, I mean, I consider the justice league, you know, a composite of some of the best superheroes ever. I mean, I just, I grew up more on DC comics than I ever did with Marvel. So I have more of an emotional connection to these characters. I'm way more. I mean just on the principle. I was way more excited about the idea of a Justice League movie. Than I ever was about the Avengers. Uh, but I just. I mean this is a movie that clearly was just like Suicide Squad. Taken over by the studio. And just turned into. Just whatever they felt was necessary. Which was that. Hey just whatever Marvel doing right now. With the Avengers just basically do that. So we are basically. So Batman became sort of, like, we, we had a somewhat defined character from him, in my opinion, in Batman v. Superman, where he was this disgruntled, older Batman who, uh, you know, kind of lurks in the shadows. He's not really up for fighting crime, but he kind of feels the need to. And this movie, he's just basically the Iron Man stand-in. And he's, like, supposed to be dryly funny and, like, kind of the core of the group, but he's, like, so alienating and so like unpersonable that it just does not really work in my opinion Gal Gadot is fine but she is not really given the exuberance I felt like she did- had in uh, Wonder Woman uh, let's see Thor is basically Aquaman now they basically just decided to do that and then Cyborg is like there's potential there I feel like there's an interesting dilemma with this character but they try set up and they basically just make him our Hulk Which, I don't know, I guess that makes sense. He needed
1: his own movie.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean, I really don't think it was a good idea to introduce these characters at all in this film. I think they really need to have those standalone films because that really just muddles the waters and it just makes the ultimate setup just underwhelming. And I mean, I don't know. Like, we can go on so much about this. We could have at least
1: used a few extra email videos of these characters. Oh, totally. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I mean, just just more G chats. uh, Just all that, Jess. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know there's a lot of people who are just like, well, it's what you expect. And oh, it's better than I thought it was going to be because there were jokes. But I don't know. I just thought the jokes mostly felt off putting. Like, they just felt like mixing chocolate with paint thinner. It just was like not a good mix. I don't think. Josh Wien's a bad writer. I think he's a really good writer, but I just feel like his contributions to the film were really noticeable and jarring. And the only thing that really stood out to me that made me excited about the film was Ezra Miller's The Flash. And mm. I think he is exactly what he should be. He's like the geeky fanboy who's getting into the exclusive club and he's really excited and exuberant and just like, oh boy, this is amazing. Like he's what we should be as an audience representative. And I just feel like they didn't live that up to its full potential. Like, I mean, he—I know—is he supposed to be mostly the comic relief character, but I feel like that. If anything, I just want to see Phil Lord and Chris Miller make that spin-off movie with the Flash and make that great because I think that's a perfect project for them at this point. And they—they they
1: wrote him like Wally West, which I'm cool with. Yeah, the idea of a Wally West Flash in that kind of like environment like with these characters it was a great idea yeah. it was it was it was right. a great way to like because flash can be so overpowered but yeah wow
0: and i think work for some I don't know, in my opinion i mean maybe it would have been too much i don't know i think it would have been a lot smarter to make him our emotional core of the film like the character we get introduced to and we get into the justice league and he's, like, the motion core, way more than Batman, who should just be, like, a side character's point. I don't think making him the lead makes a lot of sense. Uh, but, yeah, I just, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk more about it at this point. Yeah. But I'm just I'm just really sad and frustrated. And the more I think about this movie, the more it generally just kind of pisses me off.
1: Well, let's uh, let's go to Maverick Hines. Maverick, do you have anything anything you, positive to say about Justice League? Where, where are you Not at with the film? film.
2: Um, no. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wanted to. I... I tried very hard to go into this movie with an open mind but i didn't really expect much from it um just from what i'd been reading and from the fact that you know other than wonder woman i had one experience and it wasn't great and you guys had you know john you have such strong opinions on batman v superman and suicide so i was like okay what you know what is this gonna be and like i was just so ungodly just bored i i just i i I mean, like, l- last week, I wasn't able to talk about Lady Bird, and one of my issues with Lady Bird was that I wasn't able to connect with it, right? But it was still a good movie, and I could appreciate that. But with this, it was just like, why am I here right now? <laughs> um, I will say, I-, I agree with Will on the fact that I think Gal Gadot could have been used better. I don't think it was necessarily her performance that was struggling. I just think that they could have given her character more in this film. Um,
1: she other- just get that one really cool scene... That, yeah. introduce, that introduces her
2: for sure and and like that stuff like that is great like that was kind of the moment that reminded me of the first movie and that's yeah. got me because i was like okay so maybe maybe she you know wonder woman will be the savior of this movie and that was about as good as her character got i think in the film yeah she's
1: like mother goose for the rest of the film yeah mm-hmm. she's
2: just kind of like everyone be friends right <laughs> so <Yeah>. um <laughs>
1: my boyfriend died <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> um i i agree with you guys 100 percent on the flash stuff i i, I think that was such a missed opportunity for a character that could have been probably a savior for this movie. If, if the humor was used well and if his delivery was good, I think that could have been a thing that really turned this movie from what I hated (laughs) to something that was like tolerable, you know, just Mm -hmm. as something to carry it. But there were so many attempts that they tried to make him kind of like relieve the tension or, or be a transition. It just didn't work. And I think a lot of that came down to his delivery and maybe his acting style. I don't know much about what's his name. Ezra Ezra Miller. Miller. Ezra Miller.
0: (laughs) He does just, um he was like and we talk we need to talk about Kevin he's done a lot of like serious artistic roles so the fact that he explained being a, very, a Wallflower is close yeah, yeah, to yeah. this
1: one stand for prison it's, experiment
0: yeah.
2: yeah. And, and honestly, like th- th- his kind of like neurotic energy that he brought to this, I, I feel like he could be really funny. I just maybe he needs some direction or maybe this was just not his. Like if Robert
3: Pattinson had been put in the role, you know.
2: <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so, I- it was my first time <laughs> is seeing.
3: That the, is that the it could always get worse dictum <laughs> yeah. that you're working on? Oh, no. Um, pa- uh, did you not see Good Time? Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Like I, I think of Ezra Miller. I
1: sometimes I, I'm like, oh yeah, I could totally see Ezra Miller and Robert Pattinson in, in that same movie universe, doing the same thing. Yeah, let's yeah. commit crimes.
0: Uh, I'm I'm sorry, Matt. Uh,
2: no,
1: no, it's okay. Go on.
2: I, I was going to say that this was my first time seeing um, Ben Affleck as Spider or <laughs> Man. <Spider-Man>, as Batman. <laughs> so that was interesting because <laughs> I had I had never seen his other uh, dreams with that, and I was surprised. I, I think he did better than I expected uh, as Batman, mm-hmm. but.
1: He was the best thing about BVS, and yeah, not the best thing, but he was one of the better things.
2: Yeah, but I will say I have a big issue with the way that the Batman character is in this movie, and like, Mm -hmm. so I, I mean, the way I understand Batman, I didn't read a lot of the comics. I'm not like the biggest, you know, DC nerd, so I'm not like I. I'm sorry if I'm about to offend all of you true diehard Batman fans, but the way I understand Batman is very like very secretive he's very protective of his identity he's very like I don't play well with others all that kind of stuff and like he was just like saying Alfred's name in front of bad guys he's like like, hey everyone I'm Bruce (laughs) it's me
1: you want to hang out they're in a boating village and he's and like Literally, Aquaman is saying his name. You're the Batman, Bruce Wayne? And, yeah. Like, everyone's just walking around, like, whatever. Yeah, huh?
2: and that yeah. kind of stuff really bothered me because it's like, that's so not Batman. You right. know what I mean? Like, Batman needs to be darker. And maybe that's just because I was how so. Has he do- how has he kept his identity secret for 20 years? <laughs> right? He's like, I've been doing this for 20 years. I'm like, you told the person on the bus that you were Batman on the way here. <laughs> like, how are you. <laughs>
3: anyway so oh th- like bruce wayne would take the bus how dare you <laughs> oh right he's yeah, rich right. i
1: forgot the we guy can't. polishing his lexus <laughs> yeah
3: <laughs> Sound uh, it was it a comments. mercedes uh, <laughs> this was uh <laughs> this was justice league brought to you by mercedes-benz if you didn't notice
0: yeah seriously he's at a uh, starbucks he's like who should we put this order under uh batman
3: <laughs> yeah, put it Batman slash Batman Bruce Wayne.
2: Card. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Never leave home without it. Never leave the cave without it. <laughs>
2: um, so stuff like that really got me where it was just like, you know, if this was to be, you know, their big movie, I feel like you should honor the character more, right? At least with Batman. Um, Cyborg, I didn't care about at all. I think you guys are right. It's stuff like original or uh, standalone movies with Cyborg and uh, Aquaman could have done uh, this movie well. Because I think we needed that as far as like investment or even uh, understanding kind of their story. Like, I, I didn't care about Aquaman at all. I thought Jason Momoa was just trying to be like the cool guy in his entire time. He and was he just succeeded. To, yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess, right? I like, yeah a like, with him. I have tattoos yeah. and I can take my shirt off at any minute. Like, <laughs> yeah, cool. I guess. I don't <laughs> and know. And nobody
3: will stop me.
2: <laughs> yeah. So like that was, that was, uh, I he, almost said Thor. That's funny. But that's, that's Aquaman's character. He
1: had the like, best like lifestyle before he got roped into things. I and mean, just, you know.
2: Yeah, I guess. <laughs> sure. We saw Atlantis for like Jumping a in, get some
1: whiskey, save a life, you know, like,
0: yeah. I yeah. did. Live in the ocean. I love that shot though, where he's like chugging. A whiskey, like it's like a Corona Light yeah. or something. I thought that was. Oh, like with, I uh, wish the movie had more of that. With Linkie
1: Thump
2: penning in the background.
1: Sounds like yeah yeah, really, yeah, yeah, Sounds like you really want an Aquaman movie with. Elijah. Yeah, I
2: mean, yeah, uh, I do too, I, mean, I, I guess. Okay. Anyway. anyway, jerks. I'm just kidding. Um. So yeah, the long story short, I just I didn't I didn't enjoy it. I was very much ready to go. I think at one point I was like, John, like, how long is this movie? And then I looked, and it had only been an hour, and I was like, Oh, this is a problem. <laughs> we
1: didn't, and we didn't watch the post credit sequence. Um, we were both Which one? ready to leave. Oh, I the, thought we the did last one. We watched one of them. Oh, I didn't know there credits. were two. Yeah, I, wow. I I read about it online, and that's the, how you know it's an issue there. when
2: John doesn't stay for the post credit thing. He'll I will me down I will protest.
1: He's like, you staying?
2: We're watching this scene. <laughs> um, yeah. So long story short, I don't think it's worth anybody's time at all. Before, I, don't, I did not enjoy this.
1: Before we get to you, Craig, I do want to point out something really quick here with uh, the films, the the reshoots, cutting out so much. Uh, I think, uh, Jordan Hoffman on Twitter, uh great, great film reviewer. He, yeah, he, he, he posted, he posted a smash cut of all of the scenes and all of the trailers that didn't make it to the movie. Oh, really? And it's a ama- it, And he made the comment. He was like, I can't believe, like, I don't think I've ever seen a movie with so much cut from it from that was featured in the trailer. So, and you see it, Rogue like, one. a lot of the Ray yeah, Fisher. yeah, Rogue a, One's Rogue close,
0: one, maybe Fantastic Four.
1: Um, Ray Fisher. Yeah. They don't show any of his backstory from when he is like a, this teenage athlete and how he gets to where he is. And I think that's a big, like, that's something you really need for the character. And a lot of the timing stuff was really off, but, um, I don't know. Well, I mean, timing from like when they watch the videos of the characters and Batman versus Superman. But anyway, I just wanted to point that out. Craig Hanks, what did, what did you think of Justice League overall?
3: Oh boy. Um, I, I think I got to this earlier when I was talking about the DCEU in general, but it, it's basically forgettable. It's not great. It's not bad. It's not really even good. It's it's just... I, I got home, my wife said, how was it? And I said, well, yeah, it, it was... there were moving pictures. I mean, it was definitely a movie. <laughs> um, it happened. But... It, it it happened. Yes, that happened. It uh, is was finished. the first thing I said to my friend when I when I got out of the theater. Uh, okay, but seriously though, um, it was fine. I was also bored. I can't remember who said that exactly, but it. I was bored through most of it. Yeah, uh, even or it maybe especially the action scenes were uh, boring because they lacked any emotional resonance. Uh, once again, tying it to the Marvel movies. Uh, Somebody mentioned we we have, by the time we get to the Avengers, we have like eight or ten movies where we've gotten to know all of these characters. Uh, we know their backstories. We know what their motivations are. We know why we should care. And so when there's that shot in the climactic battle of the Avengers, when the camera circles around them all and they're all standing back to back that resonates there was none of that in this movie they they didn't earn a justice league movie before they made it if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um so so there's that that's kind of like the really really high level feeling that i got from it but getting down into the nitty-gritty i totally agree with will uh gal gadot needed more to do uh she was such a delight in wonder woman and they really toned her character down in this one as far as that kind of bright-eyed bushy-tailed uh, feeling you got from her in Wonder Woman, um, so I, I was a little disappointed in that. And actually, I disagree that uh, I disagree with Will on Ezra Miller's Flash. I didn't like him um, because I it felt way too much like uh, Spider Man Homecoming to me. Uh, like they were trying really hard to have their own little Spider Man in the group. Um, it didn't didn't feel like it fit. It it was like. You know, it was added after the fact, and it, it, it almost felt like all of do his you, scenes were reshoots. Do you mean so, uh, Spider-Man
0: and Civil War? N-
3: uh, well, I mean, either way. Okay. I just mean that that kind of style of uh, yeah. comic relief, uh, teenager character kind of thing. Um, I, I would tell you one thing that I did like is uh, Superman's character in this. I enjoyed quite a bit. I think they did a little bit to fix uh, a lot of fans' complaints with where the character's direction went in um, *Man of Steel*, where it was just relentlessly dark and dour and humorless. Um, and in this one, definitely when he when they spoiler alert when they first wake him up, um, he's he's got that mean look on his face and all that, and he's scary and all that. But once he settles in, it's very much uh, a step toward the Superman that we all know and love. Uh, He even makes his little quip. uh, They leave out the American way because they want to play this in China, but they do the truth and justice thing at the end. He says, uh, I love truth and I'm a big fan of justice and punch the bad guy in the face. And, uh, you know, I kind of I like those little Superman moments. Um, So that was... That was nice, I guess. Uh, Batman, frankly, I'm not a comic fan. Uh, I didn't grow up reading them. I don't have anything against comics, so nobody misinterpret me, but I just didn't grow up reading them. So I don't know how Justice League was done in the comics, but I felt like Batman absolutely did not fit. Um, It it was never more glaringly apparent that Batman has no superpowers, Um, and and it could have been the way that they wrote his character it could have been the way that affleck portrayed him but something about him felt really really off in this movie yeah that whole
1: i'm rich line that didn't i don't know
3: that that one would have that would have played a lot better if we hadn't seen it a hundred times in the previews already yeah um it, it the line was okay i just yeah whatever um, but, uh, I, I didn't have a problem with the, um, Snyder versus, uh, oh shoot. What's his name? Who stepped in on this? Whedon. Oh, Josh Whedon. We, yeah, Whedon. Yeah. The Snyder versus Whedon stuff. I thought it was, yeah, there were a couple of moments that were a little bit jarring, but for the most part, uh, it, it stayed, it, it was a Snyder film, just like it said at the very beginning, it's a Zack Snyder film. Uh, The one time that I thought, oh, that was absolutely Joss Whedon, was when they were sitting on the the troop carrier, kind of heading toward the final battle, and Aquaman is sitting on the Lasso of Truth, and he's talking about how hot Wonder Woman is. Um, (laughs) You know, that that was pure Whedon right there, and that was fine. That was definitely the best uh, Whedon scene in the movie. But uh, overall, it was... uh, I saw it last night, it was about 12 hours ago I got out of the theater And I will have forgotten it In about 3 or 4 weeks um, And that's fine uh, But I, I guess It doesn't make me excited For any of the further DCEU Movies um, It uh, I, I don't care about Aquaman I don't care about Cyborg I didn't care for The Flash uh, Wonder Woman, I'll be excited for Wonder Woman 2 Because of her standalone movie Not because of this Wow, so none of us seem to like
1: it much, which I, I feel bad. I wish we could have had somebody on because I know, I know people are liking this movie, people are digging it, and I have my own forty percent for a of while. people yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I don't yeah. think it's thirty eight percent now. I don't think critics are loving it, but I think that comic book fans and I'm finding a lot of Marvel fans are liking this movie. So, like, I've been listening to what you guys are saying, and um, as far as like feeling bored, I was never bored in this movie, never. I was with it. I was there. I wouldn't I wasn't like invested or anything, but I didn't feel that two hours. I was good. I was I was sitting there and like I, I was we were going from character to character and I was interested in enough in what was gonna happen with a certain character next so that it kept me going. Like I wanted to know more about Aquaman. I wanted to John see what was John, were next. you were you satisfied
3: with uh Steppenwolf?
1: No, no, Stephen Nobody. was okay. Terrible. It was terrible bad. Guy. One of the worst ideas to not just have Sierra Hines in makeup. There was no reason to make him the CGI monstrosity that's like PlayStation 2 graphics. <laughs> and yeah. the the one thing that they get out of it where he gets really physical and he's this taller character, which by the way, if Gods of Egypt could pull that tr- that cinematic trick off without making uh, Nicholas Augusto Castal Waldo, whatever his name is, uh, a total CGI character. They could have done this, t- done in this, but there is a chase scene involving the Themyscira and Amazonians and Steppenwolf that is a thrill. It's 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 action packed and it's it's a great way to introduce the villain, establish him. But when you just see him as a CGI bland thing, I'm just like. This feels like a Marvel villain almost, or worse.
3: You know, you you mentioned he's like a he's something out of a PS2 game, and I think that's actually a really, really good summation of what the movie is. Yeah, it is the CGI a we video. To get it's to. a two-hour video game cutscene, and I'm not just talking about the CGI, which was mostly bad, and in some places laughable, and in some places fine, but um, but just in the in the writing and the development of the characters and the story, it felt like. Um, like a not particularly well written video game. Well, I would almost disagree with there. I think the writing is there. I think the execution
1: is not. I think the ideas here are smart. I, the idea of Batman going around and recruiting these characters—he's a twenty-year-old veteran, right? Great. I, I like that direction for Batman. I like the direction of Aquaman kind of being this hotshot. I know Will, you were comparing them to some of the Avenger archetypes, but yeah. I don't. I, I didn't really get that as firmly as you did. I think okay. that Cyborg has his own... He's in control, you know? He does have this, like, monster within... No, but he's not in control. ...story. Well, he's in control in the sense that, like, he's able to spy. He's he's discovering things as he goes. But, like, he, his powers, he definitely has a mastery over them uh, quickly. And, like, uh, I liked kinda. how interesting Cyborg's powers were, where he's able to, you know, like... He's able to shut off electricity. He's able to sort of tap into this alien technology and use it against them. I like the writing for Flash. I like the idea. I, I do think that it, 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 they did, the execution felt like a ripoff of Spider-Man. But the idea to have him as like the comedic relief, the idea to have him not be overpowered, to be the inexperienced kid, that's great for Flash because that matches. like He thinks too fast and he's a little awkward. It mm-hmm. just didn't come through on the screen. I think yeah. Aqu- Aquaman kind of comes through on the screen, but that, that would be about it. And Gal Gadot, I mean, she... That's one character. I don't think the writing was fully there. I I do think that she needed more like explanation. What in the world is she? Why did she let Hitler fly? Come on. Like what is, what was so great (laughs) about this relationship she had with Steve Trevor for a week that she's in stasis for an entire century. She does. She deserved a better story. She, and that's, that was the thing I was going to bring up is that the writing is there, but there's no story arc. They, they filled out the character sheets you know, they, they D'd this up, you know, like Flash is gonna be like this, these are gonna be his motivations, Batman's gonna be like this, and it, it all checks it all checks off from my like personal storyboard, but nobody has like a really good reason for being here. You right. know, for Aquaman, it's he's totally against it until just, you know, like he has one scene in Atlantis and then all of a sudden he's on board and uh it it, it just I don't know, it, it nobody everyone's just sort of here to prevent a very generic evil from happening and the reason we can see that be such a shortcoming is because justice league war the dc animated movie from a couple of years ago and the justice league animated series did a great job out of doing story arcs in a limited amount of time where like for diana it was leaving amazon and like having the story arc of uh, really what we saw in the first wonder woman but applied to a justice league team up and for superman it was like you know sort of settling his differences with batman and you know so i i think that I, I think that we've seen it done before better, and it just—it was weird here. And I, I do want to bring up uh, the 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 reason I think a lot of this feels—I I feel bad for for complaining about how this does feel like a Marvel movie because over the years, us—I uh, so think some of us and a lot of people have said like, "Ah, oh, the DC movies should take notes from Marvel," right? Yeah. And this movie does, and it's not good. Right. And I've always no, they,
3: I've always disagreed with that sentiment. Be I, your own yeah. thing. Right. I think
1: I think we're in agreement there. And I think Will, you said that you've championed that of like let these movies be their own thing. And I've always been right. a fan of like as well of like you know. And I've always said that though that there are Marvel things that they should do a little bit better, like uh, maybe in terms of like understanding the characters better. But I think the idea to bring Whedon in, I love Joss Whedon. He he he's responsible for the Avengers, a, a milestone. Uh, in superhero superhero films and in films in general. But you just, he, he, it, it, it shouldn't be that simple. It, it's like that whole thing where they're bringing Bendis into the DC movies. He's like the guy who really brought the Marvel comics together. And now they're bringing him into DC to work with Jeff Johns. And I'm like, why would you do that? Bring in new talent, bring in somebody. If you want to shake things up, you don't have to like steal from the other side. Let those movies yeah. be their own thing. Um, and it, it just, yeah, the, the the mishmash in this movie between the the Marvel sentiments and the Snyder vision. I, I agree with will 100% with the idea that this movie doesn't have its own vision and that's why I don't respect it. I don't I I don't have any sort of like strong feeling toward it. I'm just sort of like it's the, it's yeah. an averagely it's an average movie that's poorly made in a lot of ways. Um and and there's one other thing I want to bring up. Uh the, these movies, these DCEU movies. I don't know what it is. Wonder Woman is the only exception. They make some of the weirdest mistakes, like editing plot hole mistakes that no, like other superhero movies, other movies just don't make. Like Aquaman, What was that the first time he was in Atlantis? Did I, did I misunderstand that? Because he has this whole scene where he goes down there and they're like, it's you, you're here. And I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah, wasn't he there before? Like, what has he been doing? Did anybody catch that? Like, did that make sense? Yeah, anymore? no, idea. I
3: am right with you on that well, one, man.
1: I I was like, oh, are you here in Atlantis? Okay, well, you're, now you're gone. But like, what are, are we going to get back to that? Like, I I just, you, these these characters needed their own movies. Clearly right. is what the the point is.
0: Yeah. I mean, to me, this whole movie just feels like damage control on Warner Brothers. And it just feels like they got that cold feet. should have been
1: feet. the subtitle.
0: <laughs> it just feels like they got cold feet from their original vision. And I understand that. Like you said, I mean, they've gotten a lot of heat. They've gotten a lot of people being like, we don't like this. We don't approve of this. And they see Marvel and they're doing all these, you know, great things or, you know, a lot of things people like. And they're like, well, we just copy their homework, you know. And it's just like it just it just feels super apparent to me that they just don't really have any confidence or any idea what they want at this point. And just it's annoying because I think the individual characters here, I think. They're cast well, and I think they can be better in their own individual films. That's why I would rather, at this point, the best thing would just be to separate from the Justice League, just let each individual person do their own movie, and just focus on making good films. Like, don't focus on this continued universe thing at this
3: point, because I think that's just hindering their chances of success. I think they're probably stuck, though. They can't back out of it now, because speaking of plot holes and, you know, why, can- you know why, why... Okay, so they do a Flash movie... And it's like, okay, well, but where was Batman this whole time when he was taking down this intergalactic demon that was trying to destroy whatever? Um, you're going to run into problems like that. Now that they have done Justice League, they are stuck. But I mean, they've they Marvel's had that same problem.
0: Like like Thor, too. I remember everyone was complaining, like, well, why isn't Thor just you know contact the Avengers at this point? I think that's something they can work around. I mean, that to me is a creative challenge. Mm-hmm. I think they can do something with that. And just hey, you know, like. I don't know. I mean I I don't know the 100% like what the best option is, but I don't think that should hinder them from, you know, doing their own thing and making better films. I don't know. That's my opinion. You're wrong. You're wrong. Oh. I
3: you need you to be wrong. All right. I've been well, wrong before uh, and I'll be wrong again.
0: <laughs> well, let's
1: get into our final thoughts and grades and uh and just finish this thing out, I guess. So, uh starting with uh our Senior reviewer, of course, we got this cover.com, Matt Donato. He gave Justice League a two and a half out of five stars. That is a middling grade. Uh, Justice League is a sloppy team up film that doesn't even take time to properly introduce pivotal, mem- pivotal members of its titular team. But when you're playing a dangerous, also ill advised game of catch up, these are the risks. Um, so it sounds like he's pretty close to where we're at i feel bad i I wish we had a positive opinion to represent here Um, i know there's plenty out there uh but we'll we'll link to that review of course as always in the cinema homework but starting with you maverick hines what are your final thoughts and grade for justice league
2: i don't really think i have any more thoughts to add to it i think we've we've said everything i could this is a c minus movie for me through and through it's like i I agree with you john i think that uh there are people who are going to enjoy this just from the fact that it's it's an action, you know, superhero movie, right? There's always something to find in that that some people can connect to. It just wasn't for me, and I don't think it was good. And there was just too many issues to ignore. So it's a it's a solid stamp
1: C plus or C minus. Do you sorry. think it's in a step in the right direction? Uh, I guess that's a tough question for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I,
2: I don't think I have enough exposure to this to let say. me pause
1: That same question then to uh, Will Ashton.
0: Yeah, uh, I think. I don't think it's a step in the right direction, but I think they can fix this. I don't think it's the be all end all of this, uh what they've created. I just feel like, I don't know. I, at this point, I'm not really even like mad at the film. I'm just frustrated because I can see the stuff in here I like. I can see what people are enjoying out of the film. And I'm glad people are enjoying the film, honestly. I mean, I was just talking to uh Matt Serafini, you know, the co-host of my other podcasts and he uh you know he liked the film a lot and he understood the the criticisms and stuff and we had a good chat and i'm glad that you know comic book fans are enjoying the film i just didn't enjoy it i don't think it's a good film at all
1: it has a high cinema score b plus
0: yeah i mean like i said i mean if people are enjoying it that's you know i don't want anyone to be miserable uh you know i just think that there's so much potential here this is like the team up of the best superheroes ever and they just it just made it all wimpy and pointless like i mean the fact that you call a justice league movie boring and pointless that just it just makes no sense to me i i mean it's better than the tabloids are saying just because like i said in my review it's not a spinning wheel of fire at the moment so i mean i guess that's a step up but i yeah. uh, just at this point i don't know i'm just i'm really mad at this point but i think they can do better i give it a c minus as well
1: all right uh, i did before we get to craig I, I did find two positive reviews uh richard roper Chicago Sun Times gave the film three point five out of four stars. That's the highest I could find. Um, what? He really, he really enjoyed Gal Gadot's performance. Uh, he said it, it's a putting the band together, putting the band together origins movie executed with great fun and energy. Uh, another positive review came from Owen Gleiberman from Variety. Uh, he said, Justice League has been conceived in each and every frame to correct the sins of Batman v Superman. It's not just a sequel. It's an act of franchise penance. It is never messy or bombastic. It's light and clean and simple. What? At times, almost too simple, with razory repartee and combat duels that make a point of not going on for too long.
3: Oh, man. You know what's going to make it really easy for them to sleep at night is the piles of cash that they get <laughs> to lay down on. Hey, let's, let's uh, not... Because some
0: people <laughs> genuinely believe that's a real thing. So yeah, let's, they do. Uh, I, I, oh, let's okay. not well, perpetuate that
3: rumor. <laughs> okay. You are absolutely correct. But still, uh, yeah that's yeah, I I just I couldn't disagree more.
1: Yeah, I get I get paid enough by Marvel to to not push that rumor out. So <laughs> Craig Craig. Uh, Wait, what, you got your Marvel check your already? Wait, what? Uh, you got your Marvel check already? I've been waiting in the mail for weeks for that. Uh it might bounce. The uh, so far oh, the box no. office isn't where it needs to be. Uh for Craig, Marvel? uh and that's actually not true. it's making plenty of money.
3: I know.
1: Um Craig, what are your final thoughts and grades?
3: I, okay so final grade I, I don't know that i'd be quite as down as a c minus i might actually go into the c plus territory um i i guess I, i'll just reiterate what i said earlier it's not good it's not bad it exists and you can watch it and there are some entertaining moments um it, it's mostly competently made so c plus uh that's that's about as far as i'm willing to go with it
0: huh.
1: Uh, you know, if uh, if the CGI had been a little bit better for me, I would I would give this a C plus. I'm a, I'm at a C. Uh, what really brings it down, what brings down the the movie like you know handful of pleasurable moments. Mm-hmm. There's a few things. Steppenwolf in general, uh, just way too many money shots. Like they really went for like okay, now it's like they like just different arrangements of the characters side by side. It just got tiresome and yeah. uh, a very nothing third act and uh, it just it's it's just a movie that doesn't One really of- work. Say again?
0: Uh, no, I was going to say that was one of the worst looking set pieces. Like that third act. Really that I've ever seen in the movie. It just looks awful. Like it's not visually appealing in the slightest.
1: At least there was no beam, you know, coursing in yeah, the that's sky. That's true. That's Unless a good you point. The that's boom good tube. Point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I give the movie a C. Uh, I think it could have been a lot worse, but uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's about, I thought it was about as mediocre as man of steel. Uh, and not quite as, uh, I, I like, I actually like uh, suicide squad a little bit more than this. And I would say that, uh, yeah wonder woman is still the the champion so far of this universe but all right that'll do it for our justice league review thanks so much for listening we're gonna take a quick break but when we come back we'll get right into our mini reviews all right let's get into our mini reviews we have quite a few for you guys and then we'll finish the show as always with what's coming soon to theaters Starting with uh, the Punisher season one on Netflix, uh, so that dropped this weekend. Yeah. If you are a fan of the Marvel Netflix shows, uh, this is the most recent. The Punisher is not a Defender uh, by title. Um, explained as you know that's pretty obvious, but uh, John Bernthal re- uh, returns as the character we saw in Daredevil season two. Did you watch Daredevil season two, Well,
0: No, actually, I still haven't finished season one. But the thing oh, is that <laughs> the reason I started Daredevil was because I wanted to get to the Punisher part. Because yeah. the Punisher, I mean, we were just talking about how on DC, I'm a big fan of that, which is true. But there are two Marvel characters I absolutely adore. And that's Spider-Man and the Punisher. The Punisher, when I was a teenager, yeah. was like my favorite, like absolutely one of my favorite comic book characters ever. And I was really looking forward to seeing the show. One of so, my favorite comics of yeah. all time
1: yeah. is uh, The Punisher versus the Marvel Universe. Yeah, I it's mean, great. What a beautiful, <laughs> you know, yeah. what a beautiful, yeah. disastrous storyline. Um, I, I love The Punisher as well. I I Actually, I didn't even bring this up, but I grew up on DC Comics more so uh, as well. I, I never was the biggest fan of Marvel Comics. I have quite a few, actually. And I, I've i lately been getting into some of the X-Men ones, uh, some of the more mm-hmm. recent X-Men uh, comics. They're weird, uh, super yeah, weird. Yeah. I just read one where uh, so Scott Summers is president of the United States, and he's okay. married to Emma Frost, and then yeah. Emma Frost is erased uh, from existence by Jean Grey. <laughs> okay. it, it, it is this crazy, like, X-Men is just nuts. Um, Anyway.
0: Yeah. I just love when comics get really crazy like that. Like, mm-hmm. you ever hear about the one, it's not X-Men, but the one Hulk comic where uh, everything about his head turns into Hulk except for his head? everything about his body turns to Hulk except for his head, which is the same as Bruce Banner. No, I've never really read nervous. that one. <laughs> and he's really nervous. Cause he thinks that's that going to be, that's going to reveal his identity. So he just wears a paper bag over his head. And just goes. <laughs> oh, I have seen the that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, but anyway, uh, the, Punisher. Hey,
1: the Punisher, the Punisher, I, I'll have a more complete, I'll have more complete thoughts when we review it, when we, we talk about it, um, on our next episode, uh, which we're going to be doing a little bit earlier because of Thanksgiving, but, uh, you know, I I am really really mixed on this show. It is a yeah. very difficult thing to watch. I, it's just a, it's a show filmed with a lot of gun violence, a lot of PTSD. It's very political, and it's a lot of Jer- John Bernthal just being this slow, methodical, angsty guy who just at any moment will snap. And that's really what the story is so far, about two episodes in. And it, it just it's it's just a traumatic show, and I, I find myself just not wanting to be in it like i just i don't know if i just even want to after all of these mass shootings and after just everything going on in the world right now like because there's a lot of like war crime stuff going on here a lot of like references to afghanistan and just the world already being such a scary place i'm having a hard time justifying this show to myself and saying i should be spending my time invested in this show and it might have worked it might work a little bit better if i was more like i really want to see the punisher come through this but The Frank Castle in this, I, I, I don't know. There, it's, it kicks off with his mission being complete. He's, he's gotten, he's punished all of the people involved with his wife and children's death, right? Right. And so then the show just, he just doesn't have that direct, he doesn't have that focus anymore. And without that, you just sort of have this really miserable mass murderer running around doing nothing. And I, I, I just, so far I'm not into it. And I, I'm going to get through it, uh, just because I, but honestly, if I didn't watch these shows for reviews and like stuff like what we do, I, I think I would have stopped after the first episode. I, I don't <laughs> think I would have kept going with it, to be totally honest.
0: That's interesting. I mean, I have heard, very, like you said, I've heard very mixed things about it. Everyone seems to have a different opinion on it. Some people really it like, like it. Yeah, it seems like everyone agrees that's timely, but no one agrees whether or not it's a good thing or bad thing that's timely. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm... Gotta check it out at some point, definitely. Because, like I said, I really love the character, and I really think it's going to be interesting to see him as a TV, like his, uh, his own TV show, where he can they can expand on these things. Uh, did you see Dirty Laundry though, the short film from a couple years ago? No, I didn't. Okay, it's um, it's a guy that did um, Castlevania and a couple other things. Hmm. Uh, he brought back Thomas Jane. And it's just like a, I think it's about twelve minutes. Ron Perlman's also in it. And it seems like it's kind of dealing with a similar thing where he is just going through life. Like the dirty laundry part of it is just him. All he's doing is just going across the street to uh do his laundry. And as he's doing that, there's these gangs that are messing with these people doing these really horrendous things, and he has to kind of weigh the options of whether or not it's worth That's being almost the
1: exactly the first episode of The Punisher. Yeah, like, and I, I really like yeah.
0: that I really like that short film, but I rewatched it after watching um 1922, which I talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. And it was harder to watch it. You know, in light of recent events, because, you know, seeing uh, a white guy kind of uh, bringing this terror of violence on many people, many of whom were of color, it was kind of of putting in a way that wasn't quite the same. I mean, I'm more of a social conscious the Punisher. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm more socially conscious at this point. It's not the same. So I've been excited and very nervous to watch The Punisher at this point.
1: I think they did a. I, there was something about the character that really worked for me in Daredevil season two. Uh, I think that I think you just need to have the Daredevil in that dynamic. When you have Frank Castle leading it, uh, it, it was it's been off putting to me, and I I, I get why. why People would disagree with that because they might be like you, like really like the Punisher comics. I never was that into the Punisher comics. I've I read plenty and I, uh, you know, I love the, but that. But that's the thing. I mentioned Punisher versus Marvel Universe. One of the reasons that storyline works and it resonates is because he and Daredevil, like Daredevil is one of the main characters, right? So, like, and it, mm-hmm. their dynamic is what makes that comic so just what it is, you know? Yeah. Because so, uh,
0: they're kind of black and white personalities, but they exactly. have. Exactly yeah
1: anyway so that's punisher season one i don't have a full like grade or anything like that yet but uh that's kind of where i'm at with it uh we'll see next week where where, if that changes uh gets worse Mm -hmm. or better
0: i have Uh, heard uh to be fair i have heard that it gets better as it goes along and everyone seems to agree that the first episode or first couple episodes are kind of shaky so yeah
1: yeah karen page here uh she's she's still in it and uh she's good she's she's always good She's yeah. one of the better written female characters in these shows. So, uh, and, okay,
0: uh, I'm assuming John does a really good job in the part. You're assuming who? Uh, John oh, Berndl. Yeah,
1: yeah, he looks the part. He acts the part. He brings it. You know, there's a okay. new character. I don't know the actor's name. The micro, uh, and he's interesting enough. Uh, not really there yet with him, but you know, still working yeah. on it. But uh, okay, Will Ash, you saw yeah. Wonder a movie. That we've been. Not looking forward to necessarily, but uh, definitely uh, one that's. I don't know. You
0: didn't seem all. That I've been looking forward it, to it, kind of. Yeah. Um, because it is uh, the not the sophomore film, but the follow up film of uh Stephen Chokowski, I think is his name. Uh, I always say Stephen
1: Toblosky by accident, so yeah, I did.
0: <laughs> like Tobolowsky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 No. Um. He wrote and uh, made the film adaptation for *Perks Me a Wildflower*. Yeah. Which is a film that I mean, I know it, it touched a lot of people for understandable reasons. I'm in the film in the background because he's from uh Upper St. Clair, which is like a few neighboring uh suburbs from my hometown. And that's so your that that's movie, your
1: claim to Ezra Miller fame.
0: Yeah, actually, yeah. Um I'll have another story about that later. Um, but did you read yeah, this, so,
1: did you read the uh the novel by uh, No, RJ but Paco? I actually have
0: it i bought the book i just haven't gotten around to reading it. i was actually thinking about it after i saw wonder but i just have too much other stuff to read like killer joy um <laughs> but anyway yeah so wonder is the first time he is making an adaptation of something that's not his own work which mm-hmm. is the novel by rj palancino i think is her name it was Palacio. her first book yeah there you go it's uh i don't know you didn't read the book right i haven't no Okay, yeah, I just read it recently. It's um, it's like a middleweight or a middle school book about a kid that was born with uh, this uh, facial dysfunction, which um, TCS, right? Something like that. I, I it it's a big long word. And it, I don't Tr- Tricker
1: Collins even... syndrome, I think.
0: I think yeah, I think that's the. Uh, they don't call it that in the book, but that's basically what it is. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So he is played by Jacob Tremley, who you know from The Room and a couple other things. He's unrecognizable uh, and, in this movie. Well, yeah. Cause he's, uh, has, yeah. you know, the makeup yeah. on and prosthetics. Uh, and he, uh, is homeschooled, kind of sheltered from the rest of society by his parents, played by Owen Wilson and Julia Roberts. But they decide that it's time for him to kind of adapt and learn to, you know, face society at this point, no pun intended. Uh, and so he goes to fifth grade and is kind of, uh, distinct or not really distinct, like, like a high end, uh, boarding school or, uh, I don't know what you call that. It's like a like, it's um, a prep school, isn't it? Prep school, yeah, there you go. Uh yeah, and he just kind of goes through the tumultuous age of being a middle schooler, but he has this kind of distinct uh personality. Well, just he's just a distinctive person. And it's one of those things where it could have easily been like a diary of a wimpy kid for like the mask, or not the mask, but movie mask with uh Cher. Mm-hmm. Um but it's It's not perfect. It's very sentimental. It's very mawkish. It's very manipulative emotionally, but it also kind of works. I mean, it's um, it's very sincere in its intentions. I mean, it's a film that knows what it wants to be and doesn't really try to be more than a good hearted tearjerker. But at the same time, the cast is really solid and especially Jacob Trendley. He, I think, I mean, as good as he is in Room, he really is phenomenal in this movie, especially with um all the challenges that come with the performance. Would you say and he's come a
1: long way since Daddy's Home 2?
0: He wasn't in Daddy's Home 2.
1: Yeah, he's the kid.
0: In Daddy's Home 2?
1: Yeah. He is absolutely the kid in Daddy's Home 2, and the first Daddy's Home.
0: I don't think so. We can look it up, but I'm pretty sure that's not him. because it? Because there's a couple it? kids. Uh, I don't know, man uh he was in book right of henry up. right it's that kid i don't think so he was in the smurfs movie so i know that yeah but
1: uh, it looks if it's not him that looks just like him
0: um i think you're mixing up your kid actors here uh let's see let's what's all jacob chanley been i'm sorry that we're delaying this but uh oh he was okay
1: owen Vicaro.
0: yeah i think that's who you're thinking of they look so
1: was- similar
0: he was in Shut-In and the Book of Henry. You're right, but he was not in any of the Daddy's Home movies. So. I I
1: apologize, no, but okay. not in like a like serious way. I'm just, I'm not okay. really worried about it.
0: You just get your kid actors mixed up. Yeah, yeah. that's all right. But anyway, no, all he's amazing in this the movie. Um, what was it?
1: All kid actors look the same.
0: <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I mean he's really good, and you know Owen Wilson and Julia Roberts. I don't think they're actors necessarily like, disappear into their characters, but they know how to bring a certain like personality to their parts and i think they fit very well in these individual roles and uh mandy patinkin's in this and he's very good as well
1: oh yeah Uh, one of the teachers right
0: uh he is the principal but then the one guy from hamilton uh i think he played aaron burr in the show Mm -hmm. he is a teacher um i forget his name i feel bad it's david something um Yeah, I mean, everyone in the cast is good. I and it's you know it's just a solid movie. I think it's it's more of like a good rental than like something you need to see. But if you're looking for like a good you know like emotional movie to watch with your family, especially over the Thanksgiving holiday, I think it's a pretty good film. Uh, I give it you know a good B minus. Nothing like must see, but you know if you're looking for a good charmer, it's definitely better than Justice League.
1: Yeah, see, I would have seen it, but I just feel like watching the trailer. I, I saw it. So I, yeah, I, it is better than the trailer because
0: the, the trailer brings out like the worst qualities of the film, ah. and I think it's a film that you know if you watch it, it, it doesn't quite seem as like manipula- manipulative as it looks in the trailer, or okay. at least it brings the emotions more honestly, I guess, or a little more. Is it weird? It out. Yeah. Is it
1: weird seeing Owen Wilson though and Julia Roberts as like a couple? A couple. That just seems weird to me. Uh, yeah. Uh,
0: just because like I would just never think to pair the two of them together. Yeah. But it's... yeah.
1: Um, I don't know. I mean, the one,
0: the one thing I did, I mean, this is one of the things that like, I don't know if you could really work around this if you're making a movie of it, but I did like in the book that they, they make a point not really to describe how he looks or that they kind of like the descriptions change a bit. So you can have your own interpretation of what he looks like. And I feel like that's something that's obviously lost in making a film because he just looks the way he looks.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, but you know, I mean, I don't know honestly how you could work around that if you're making a film, like, unless you make it all in like POV. But yeah, I don't know. Like I said, fine film. If you like, if you like the book, or you're looking for something heart-tugging for the holiday, then I'd say check it out. Sounds good. It'll keep you warm in the cold weather.
1: Um, I'm just going to talk briefly about Coco because I talked about it last week. But uh, we we forgot to mention we we recorded mini reviews last week, and they included Coco, yeah. Last Fag Flying, a few other things. But our our audio messed up, and so we lost all of that. Uh,
0: R- but our our Coco also, episode. Uh, sorry, what? I was gonna say also I talked about Dice so Two and all you yeah, really need yeah. to know is that it sucks,
1: and that Jacob Tremblay is not in it. Uh, so <laughs> Pixar's Coco, uh, their latest film, uh, comes out next week, and in perfect timing, the Incredibles two trailer uh, teaser just came out uh, today. I've been yeah. kind of watching it while I'm supposed to be paying attention to this podcast. Sorry, but it's, uh,
0: it's a it's a very fun trailer. It's great. Say that. It's yeah, very, it's I just great. love Jack. Jack is such a great character. I'm so glad that he's going back. <laughs> we know you're a big fan, uh, yeah, but yeah, anyway. I mean, uh, I was wondering yeah. if they were going to make him an adult or like a teenager, or like an older child, but I'm kind of glad yeah, it's going to be a baby.
1: They announced a while back, yeah, that this is going to be like a direct continuation. So, yeah, like Second Job uh, the
0: first one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, picks up right where it lofts off. So, uh, so Coco, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get into too much detail because the movie comes out next week and we're running low on time anyway. Uh, but I just wanted to say, uh, and Will, you've seen the movie now at this point too. Yep. This movie is just wonderful. I, I love it. it. It comes out this Thanksgiving please please do yourself a favor and if you like Pixar movies you have nothing to worry about go see this one it's it's a beautiful film about dia de los muertos and it is just a film that is about a lot of things it's about family it's about remembering the past it's about uh, how death can be a celebration um not in a way not in a tacky way uh, but it even mm-hmm. has like a deeper underlying message and it, my my sort of like breakdown analysis review of it comes out in a couple of days but my where I landed with it was that I think that this movie says something very powerful and challenging about what it means to go out and reach for your passions at any cost. it, it is a very interesting take on the evil the ambition is evil trope that um it, it's just it's just a, a highlight of what is otherwise just a great film. And I think that I I, I love that Pixar and Disney in general are doing more to tackle ideas that are challenging like the way that incredibles uh, i think someone described it as like a movie about making fun of participation trophies uh, i forget yeah. who said that it was it was beautiful uh, whoever said that I'm sorry um they, they've, they've done this in the past and they did it with finding dory with uh you know inside out famously like it's okay to be sad uh there's a lesson in coco here as well and uh, you should definitely check it out and uh, i know you liked it well and i'm glad to hear that
0: yeah i really like the film and we'll talk about more next week but i definitely agree with john that if you're Looking for a good Pixar movie for the family, you could certainly not do better than Coco this year.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think you said it, best. It's a good return of form uh, for for Pixar here.
0: Yeah, and that's um, that's not to attack their other films. Like I've said before, I yeah. I like all the Cars three
1: and Finding Dory have been fine films. I really liked Good Dinosaur, but I think a lot of people didn't. Um, so I think most people would agree this is definitely like up, you know, their best since Inside Out, and uh, that's saying a lot. So,
0: yeah, I mean. I'm just I'm hoping there are more original films coming out from Pixar cuz like nothing against the sequels After but, uh, Toy Story like...
1: 4, uh so yeah, after Toy Story 4 they've announced that they're going to be really digging into uh original films for a while.
0: That's good because it just so it just felt so refreshing the same way that Inside Out was refreshing just to yeah. see a new world from Pixar. It just was like, "Oh, I remember this, this is great, but at the yeah. same time it's completely new." So yeah. Uh yeah, definitely check it out.
1: Let's finish out with our mini review for Last Flag Flying. Again, a movie we talked about last week. Um, apologies. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but this is a film I know you, you liked, so I wanted to make sure we, we brought right. it up on the show.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I'll try my best to summarize my thoughts from last week. I was very passionate. About how I feel about this film, because uh, this is the new film from Richard Linklater, who, I mean, I feel like most people who listen to this podcast know who he is. But, you know, he's he's had a very expansive career. He made, you know, everything from Days Confused to School of Rock. I mean, we talked about it last to, week. He's
1: one of he's one of my top three directors. I I adore yeah. his filmography.
0: Yeah, he is. I mean, it's not like his movies are like super pro- like they're not like technically super proficient or anything, but they he just makes good quality films like everyone uh, most of his films even the ones that are pretty risky or at least interesting yeah and last flight flying is no exception it's um considered a spiritual sequel to the last detail which is a navy film from i think the 70s or 80s with jack nicholson mm-hmm. uh, you don't need to see that film though i haven't seen it yet and you can follow the film perfectly fine uh what it is it's um it's three veterans who uh fought in the vietnam era and And one of them is played by Steve Carell. One's played by Brian Cranston. The other is played by Lawrence Fishburne. And they're brought together because Steve Carell's, uh, son, who's also working or he was, you know, drafted. He, uh, is recently deceased. And also Steve Carell, his wife passed not long after, or not long before. I mean, and, uh, he just doesn't really have many other people in terms of family or friends. So he connects with these people. He, uh, met a very different point of his life. And it's just them kind of reflecting on where they've been, what's uh, becoming of the country. Cause the movie takes place uh, during the Iraq war, which yeah, is two thousand three, like early, yeah, early two thousands. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's technically a period piece, but it is very timely and very relevant for our time. Um, I feel like this movie isn't really getting a lot of praise. I mean, it's, it's being liked. I mean, I've seen a lot of people yeah. like the film, but I haven't heard a lot of people like love. It's
1: gotten it. good reviews.
0: Yeah, but I feel like it's one of those movies that's going to maybe not do well because, like, not many people are like, oh, yeah, you got to see Last Flight Flying. Everyone's like, oh, that was a good movie. Everyone's great. Yeah,
1: movie. yeah. 74% on Rotten Tomatoes. Right,
0: Which is a shame. That's kind of the same boat that uh, Wonderstruck was in a couple yeah. weeks ago. Uh, and I actually really like the movie. I think it's maybe not one of Linklater's best, but it's, you know, just as good as some of his other movies. Uh, I really loved, uh, Steve Carell's performance. It's, I don't know. He's used to, especially of late like playing bigger, louder characters. You know, like just recently we saw him in *Malice mm-hmm. of Sexes and also Big Short. He kind of played a larger in life character. Yeah. That I
1: remember, well. I remember last week you mentioned that like this is a more understated performance, like in Fox right. for the better.
0: Yeah. To me, it's. I mean, I I tend to, personally, I tend to prefer his more understated roles because I think they're a lot more compelling, interesting. Sure. Uh, and this is no exception. I think this is his best performance since Foxcatcher. And uh, also, you know, Brian Cranston's playing his opposite. You know, he's the one that's very loud, very present in the film. but And he's also very good. And the same goes, you know, Lawrence Fishburne. He's, like, the kind of middleman of the group. He's the one that kind of mm-hmm. tries cool. to wrangle these two opposites. And, you know, they all have great chemistry. And that's the thing is that, like... It's not like this movie is saying anything super profound. It's not like saying anything you haven't heard before, but you're just so invited and welcome because you know that Richard you know that Richard Linklater really cares and loves for these characters and he makes you love and care for these characters. Uh I think this is a movie. I know John you said you really like Richard Linklater, so I hope you get a chance to check it out. I should also say that um I was there when they or I was at a screening with cast and crew. Or well they they crew. filmed
1: it in Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah, they filmed it in Pittsburgh, so Maybe that impacted my emotional experience, I don't know, but I mean, I will say that I think if you just, if you just love human characters, just, you know, the idea of just people interacting, coming together, you know, it's very, very present, or very, uh, relevant for Thanksgiving.
1: I'm a bigger Check fan of CGI Steppenwolf, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know, I mean, that really, you know, embodies what <laughs> yeah. our country is founded upon. Right, yeah. Um. So, yeah, I'd say, you know, if you were hesitant or you just thought, like, I don't know, like, maybe I can wait for DVD, I'd say make a point to check it out, especially if you're a big fan of Richard Linklater, because I think it's one that needs a little more love right now. And, um, yeah, just, you know. Well, that's the know. thing. It's
1: it's not playing in a lot of theaters. I'm going to try to yeah. check it out. But uh, the, the nice thing is that it is an Amazon distributed film. So it should be on Amazon Prime at some point. So if you can't check it out for whatever reason, um, it sounds like this is definitely a recommend, uh, a good recommend yes. for streaming. If you have an Amazon. Well, Prime sure. Account.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would say, you know, just support the movie however you can, especially yeah. if you're a fan of Link layers films. I mean, it's not a film like you absolutely positively need to see in theaters, but if you're just looking for something, you know, like a good solid matinee or just something that you feel like you'll get something out of. I, I definitely think this movie needs to get more attention. So I gave it an A minus. Sounds good. Uh, it, it's one of my favorites of the year. And uh, yeah, I just hope more people check it out so we can talk about it more.
1: All right. Well, uh, let's let's uh, finish the show out with coming soon to theaters okay. uh well first i do want to say mudbound is now on netflix a film that we mentioned yeah. last week so uh you have quick access to that i i started the movie and i haven't gotten through it yet apologies but uh right yeah, not we, because we may, you may talk about it disliked next it. week yeah, i was, I was say,
0: you you yeah you retired, so it's not like you uh hate the film or anything you exactly just haven't, yeah yeah <laughs> you haven't given the film its full appreciation yet. that's right uh
1: next week uh we're going to be talking about pixar's coco uh, that's going to be our main episode, of course. Uh, but there's also a, a Charles, Charles Dickens movie coming out next week, "The Man Who Invented Christmas." I don't mean as in like Charles Dickens wrote it. Um, right. No, Dan Stevens about, stars yeah. in a movie about how Charles Dickens wrote the Christmas Carol. Uh, in the movie, he's like a budgeting artist who or writer, novel writer, who has to come up with uh, just this a new bestseller, however he can, and it, it looks like a very trippy movie. Uh, really? I'm not sure. It just, yeah, it's a Bleecker Street production. I, it just looks like uh as he writes it, like the characters like interact with him; and they come to life. Oh, that's and, fun. Yeah, it it looks it looks different. That's kind yeah, of why I'm interested.
0: That sounds like another movie that I can't think of right now. But I feel like there's another film where like the characters of the authors work.
1: I was thinking that I didn't dig into it, but I think you're right. And uh, yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a thing. Um.
0: Maybe I'll remember I, it later in the episode. I don't know. But something it sounds similar to something else that I can't think of right now. Anything's possible.
1: Uh right. Darkest Hour also comes out next week. Will, you've already seen it and uh, you're gonna yep. be given a mini review for it next week. Uh, I'm gonna try to check it out as well if I can. Uh but yeah, yeah looking really forward to seeing for it. it. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Uh Darkest Hour I think is like in the is definitely being looked at as uh, a best actor contender for mm-hmm. Gary Oldman. Uh we had our little debate about that, not debate. <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, that's a can of win's I
0: think we both agree, yeah.
1: Uh, for those of you who don't know, yeah, Darkest Hour is a uh, new biopic, bit of an Oscar-baity biopic in some ways, uh, about mm-hmm. Winston Churchill. And, you know, watching The Crown on Netflix, uh, I've been getting into it with uh, season one. And I gotta say, I'm, I, I really like John Lithgow as Winston Churchill, so I'm very curious to see how 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 Oldman takes on the role and i I, i'm 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 surprised i didn't i thought lithgow as churchill was a terrible idea and but watching it Hmm. in the crown i'm like yeah all right uh lily james is also in this movie so instant oscar
0: and uh what's his name uh ben ben uh, mendelson is in it yeah, Um, yeah, yeah yeah he's in it too and Kristen scott thomas
1: uh last and definitely not least we have call me by your name uh so that is coming out limited and we should say dark sour and call me by your name are both limited release films and uh yeah absolutely excited about this one this has been on the at at the top of my list for a while uh kristen lopez i think has already seen it and uh, she was on the show last week
0: she loved it yeah
1: yeah so definitely uh definitely worth checking out this film is from italian director uh, luca guanino I'm definitely not saying that correct, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's being it, it premiered at Sundance and I mean people are calling this thing a masterpiece. So mm-hmm. uh it's about a, a young boy who lives in uh Italy with his American Italian family and uh he sort of like he, he falls in love with an older American man played by Army Hammer. So uh, a very interesting romantic film and uh, it definitely is being heralded just for its, its tone, its writing and just uh, the beauty of Italy in this film is uh, what people are. It's really getting to people on it. So uh, mm-hmm. definitely hopefully we'll be able to check that one out and talk about it next week.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm very excited to see it.
1: Well, that'll do it for our mini reviews. Wait, isn't and, uh, a,
0: isn't a Roman J. Israel coming out too next week?
1: it already came out limited release no, no, last I, week we talked about I'm it on. but yeah, yeah we talked about right. it in our coming soon from last week but yeah yeah that's it, right. yeah. <laughs> it never came out did it um anyway, so thank you as always for listening to Cinemaholics. Uh we really appreciate your listening uh to our show. Uh don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher. Thank you, all of you who've been leaving reviews and ratings. We seriously appreciate it. And you guys have been doing such a great thing with that and uh really helping us expand the show and reach more people. Uh don't forget if you want to connect with us, we're always we, we love talking to you guys about movies on the Facebook page, our Facebook community page, Cinemaholics. Uh you you guys you guys have some pretty great movie opinions and uh, <coughs> <clears throat> That's where you can go if you want to really flush out your Cinemaholic uh, muscles. And yep. then, yeah. And uh, then we're always on Twitter, too. So reach us on there. If you have any questions, feedback, email us cinemaholicspodcast at gmail.com. Special thanks again to Craig Hanks of the Legendarium Podcast for being on the show. Don't forget, you can check out his podcast anytime. And uh, seriously, it's a fantastic listen for book lovers. Uh, it's, it's, it's easily one of the best book clubs you can be part of. And uh, yeah. That'll do it for us this week. From the Internet, California, I'm John Agroni.
0: And from the Internet, Pennsylvania, I am Will Ashton.
1: See you next time. Bye.